welcome to TV My Husband Hates. I'm Kat Sims. And I am Regan Kempton. And we are reality TV addicts. Addicts, uh, aficionados. Oh, I like that. Uh, experts. <laughs> experts. Basically, we know our shit when it comes to reality TV. 100%. Hello, and welcome to TV My Husband Hates. I'm Regan Kempton. And I'm Kat Sims. How's your week been going, Kat? Uh, it's pretty good. I just got back from New York where I took my husband for his 40th birthday. And let me tell you, I have earned so many wife points. I I think Jimmy's genuinely afraid of my 40th birthday. He's like, what the fuck am I going to do? We I took him to New York. He didn't know. Um, I booked a baseball game. He didn't know. I booked his favorite band that were playing for one night only at Madison Square Gardens. He didn't know. And he cried a little bit when I told it. Well, he didn't really cry, but I think he cried on the inside. And then... Um, I could not, I took him to vegan restaurants and I am like, I'm a burger and steak girl all the way through. I genuinely, if I'm worried for him, I don't know how he's going to top my 40th. Well, I mean, we already have the 40th planned. So that's part of like the fun of our lives is that we'll be celebrating our 40th together. Granted, not on our actual 40th. So maybe our husbands don't get off the hook that easily. But you nailed Jimmy's like it looked amazing. I'm so excited for you guys. Like I imagine Jimmy crying on the inside. I feel like that's the way Jimmy cries is he just has a little cry on the inside. Well, do you know what he said to me? We went for lunch with friends and while we were waiting for them to turn up, which was also a surprise, he didn't know we were going to meet those friends. But while we were turn, waiting for them to turn up, I was like, do you have any, because I am really shit at keeping secrets. And I said, do you have any idea what we're doing tonight? I just really couldn't fucking wait to tell him. And he was like, you keep asking me and I keep really wanting it to be a secret. I was like, but do you have any idea? And he was like, are we going to a garden? And I went, we might be. He went, are we going to the garden? I was like, yeah, we are. He was like, are we really going to go see Wolfpack? They're only playing for one night. I was like, we are. He just, he was blown away. And I have to say to anybody out there who hasn't listened to Wolfpack, I had never heard a song. And it was to this day, hands down, the best gig I've been to. That's amazing. It looked incredible watching your stories and... Yeah, it really, really was. So we're back now, like straight into the real, like two kids and no sleep and all of that. So, but, but you know, for five days, it was wonderful. Uh, and it's nice to have that to hold on to. Absolutely. That, that's what marriage is all about. Having those memories to stick in the back of your mind to revisit when shit is hitting the fan. <laughs> How was your week, babe? Yeah, it's been good. It's uh, been normal week here. Husband in school, kids in school, just keeping it all together. Juggling those, I was going to say juggling those plates and spinning those balls, but that's not right. That's opposite. No, I was, I was balancing all the balls this week, um, which makes it even funnier as I'm the only female in a house full of balls. So I've been juggling all of them. Nobody's been dropped. Everybody's good. So it's a Barely any balls in my house. Barely (laughs) any balls in my house. Um, So we're here, we've got... Uh, we'll, as usual, discussing our uh, shows of the week, but we're down to three, I think, this week because we've given up a million dollars. There's literally nothing that we can say about it. If it gets, re- we'll keep watching. If it gets interesting, we might discuss it. But we're doing Below Deck Med because there was no Kardashians. Um, we're doing The OC and Dallas, and we've just recorded a mini sode for the Real Housewives of Potomac reunion, which will be a separate podcast. You can go watch that. So it's just the three for us this week. Just the three, which I'm sure does not mean that we will be doing less talking about it. It may be a little bit shorter, but um, I think there was a lot in these episodes to unpack because it was actually the 
series, the season finale of Below Deck, and we're not getting a reunion with them. They've not done one this season, which is a massive bummer because I really wanted to kind of see kind of the realizations with Travis and his drinking and the, you know, I, Aisha and Jack, which we all know they're not together anymore, but it would have been interesting to see like how all that played out. So I don't know why they have, haven't done one. I've not been able to find a definitive reason other than they just decided not to. Well, I'm really pissed about it too, but interestingly, I read an article that said, um, and this is probably just coincidence, but season four of Below Deck didn't have a reunion either. And this is season four of Below Deck Med, so they haven't got one. But I think you're right. Out of all the seasons, this is the one I wanted them to come back on the most. And I actually got uh, so excited because when I was in New York, I saw that Asia and Anastasia were in New York. And I thought, oh, they're here for the reunion. It turns out they were just doing a Watch What Happens Live. So that wasn't what I hoped. But yeah, I'm I'm annoyed about that. Andy just said it wasn't my decision. Uncle Andy... I mean, we don't want to blame Uncle Andy for anything. God, no. That man can do no wrong. But yeah, we're making it official. We're pissed that there's no Below Deck Med reunion. Yeah. So bravo TV, because obviously you're listening to this. Uh, You need to sort that shit out. And I do want a reunion for this new season of Below Deck. If uh, you guys can make that happen, we'd be massively appreciative. And if Andy's not available, we are always here to pick up the mantle. We could handle that reunion like a motherfucker. Absolutely. We've watched enough of them. We've we've imbibed the spirit of Andy Cohen and we can make it happen. So if you need I can us, come up with enough, I can come up with enough boating puns to make that work. Oh, God, yes. And they'll be amazing. Kat is the queen of puns. I fucking love a pun. Anyway. <laughs> Let's talk about the season finale because straight up we were into Sandy being up Hannah's ass. And I feel like the last few episodes have been a lot about this. And Sandy's not wrong. You know, for her to get the real, the best out of Hannah, she really has to come down hard on her. And Hannah, I think, is suffering from being surrounded by fucking badasses because Joao is Yeah, he's killing it. Ben comes in and saves the day. Ben is always great. Like, obviously, I want to marry Ben. I say it every time. Um, you know, Aisha's great. There's uh, Curtis's, I mean, tra- Curtis Travis. Which one is it? Travis. Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God this season's over because I just, ugh. Anyway, tra- Travis has stepped, like, he's great. Even Jack is great. Like, I think Hannah's, just lack of passion for doing it so long is really shining through. Yeah. I mean, I have mixed feelings about this. Cause like, you're absolutely right. When Sandy is on Hannah's ass, the tables look amazing. There's fantastic entertainment for the guests. Like Hannah really does a fabulous job when pushed, but, and I, and I a hundred percent agree with Sandy. She should not have to push her. Like Hannah's done this enough. She knows what it is. And to be really frank, like it seems like Hannah enjoys doing it when she's doing it. So part of me is like, why wouldn't you just do this all the time? Like if you actually really like this part of your job, like creating the entertainment and just like making it a really fun time, 
just do that all the time because you actually enjoy it. Um, the only person that's not been super great is Anastasia as well. Cause like having a lot of problems with her moving back to her third stew role. And I think that would be real. I mean, I'm trying to be kind of diplomatic. Like I think it would be really hard once you're, you have been a third stew and you're enjoying it. Then you're like put in the chef role and actually you really do enjoy it, but then you get a lot of shitty feedback. So you're knocked down a bit and then you have to kind of go back to, being third stew. The one thing I do like about this group of girls is I think as stews go, they've been getting along the best throughout all of the craziness. Yeah, I think you're right. But I do think that that, that, that has caused part of the problem. Right. And I think that Hannah is the boss and should be the boss. And she's been too close. There's been no hierarchy. So we see like and we've all been in that position, you know, when you and I used to teach together and the head teacher that we taught for was a total cunt, excuse my language. Um, he, whenever he would come down on us, it didn't actually matter if there was anybody's fault. It was trench mentality at that point, And we would just band together and go, well, they're just, it's just not fair and it's awful and da, 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 da. And that's what's happening. And because Hannah's not going, you know what? It's, we don't need the bitching and moaning. Let's just fucking get on with it. Yeah. Ben's absolutely right. Like she has let that happen. But I think Hannah is great at her job. And I think there have been times in the past where she's just been motivated, but you do anything for too long, you're going to lose the love for it. And I think Sandy's not wrong when she tells Hannah that her passion isn't there. But I think that she's, I think to say she never had passion wasn't, isn't right. And I think that's what she implies. I think actually what she needs to say is, you know what, maybe take a break. Maybe you need to just take some time, go away, come back to it, make sure this is what you absolutely want to do. Cause it's not just the hanging out with the guests. It is the toilet cleaning. It is the experience. It is making sure that even though they're not having brunch till 1030, they might be up at eight doing yoga. And it's lovely to see a laid table when that happens. So I'm with Sandy and I think she repairs it towards the end, but I do think she goes in a little, I think it's a bit of a harsh thing to say to Hannah when she tells her she doesn't have any passion. Yeah. I think Hannah and Travis weirdly have the same issue. Like we, we kind of find out in this season that Travis has been working for like two years straight and has not taken a break. And that explains a lot of him just being burnt out. Like you have to take some time for some self care and maybe not traveling around and reconnecting with maybe the reason why you got into the industry. And maybe it's the same for Hannah. We don't really find out like if she's been working straight, but I mean, just based on this Bravo show, she's been doing these, you know, these charters, you know, fairly frequently. And I think she probably does do charters for other people. Um, so yeah, I think, I think she needs a break to regroup. It'll be interesting to see if we see her return as head stew next season. Um, and if we do, if she's kind of taken some of that stuff on board and really nails it. Um, I think we spoke about this a couple of episodes ago we talk about like she's kind of like one of us where like if you challenge us and tell us we can't do it we say fuck you and we do it about a million times better and so hopefully hannah kind of comes back and just fucking nails next season i think that would be amazing to see because i actually really like hannah um she definitely has her faults but i think we all do um i think she's fun um and i do think she really wants this great relationship with Captain Sandy. And I think that we we hear her say that, that she does really want this relationship to continue. So hopefully she steps it up and nails it for next time. 
Yeah, I think there's a touch. I think the problem for me, like I've done seasonal work and I think with Hannah, there's a touch of the Peter Pan about her, you know, and I used to see these seasonaires that are like, they start in their early, early 20s and they love it and they keep going and they keep going and they keep going. They want to do one more season and one more season and then they get to 30, 31, 32 and they look around and everybody else is like married and settled down and having kids and doing their thing. And as much as they're loving seasons, they start to go... Maybe, you know what, is this really what I want to do? And I wonder if that's where Hannah is. She's, you know, she's been doing this for years. Um, And the season air life is really addictive. It's fucking hard work and you don't get any sleep and you earn shit money, even though $14,000 is pretty good money. But it's, it's really hard work and it's intense and you make these amazing relationships and friendships. And it's really hard to give up on that. And I think she's going, shit, I now... I need to give up on this. Like you can't maintain a re- you can't have a family and go off and do seasons like that. It's just not possible. So, you know, I think she's, she's in that transition phase maybe. And she's deciding whether she wants to do seasons for the rest of her life or whether she wants to like give it up and move on. So I think it's a lot for Hannah emotion. You see a lot more anxiety in her than you've seen the last few years. And I right. think that may be where it stems from. Yeah, no, I think you you could definitely be onto something because I was just thinking I was like, well, captains have families like Captain Lee is married and has kids. And I I find that really interesting. But like, obviously, Mrs. Captain Lee is not a captain and she's at home taking care of everything. And I don't know, that just like went my it put me on a thought spiral about like women and men in this industry and how for men it is probably easier. Like the women stay home, you know, can do their thing at home. But if you're a woman in this industry and want, you know, babies and a family, like how do you make that work? Cause like captain Sandy's in a long-term relationship. Um, but I don't think there are any kids involved. So, you know, the relationship side is probably easier to do because while we see them on the show, this is not their only job. Like they do, have you know work outside of the show and um yeah it's interesting yeah and it's you know it's funny that you 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 know talking about that whole difference between the men and women doing it you know men can have a baby but but men's wives (laughs) can have a baby men can't have a baby by the way this isn't you know it's not that podcast um but men's wife you know families can have baby and the men can go away a week later and be away for six months you know i'm married to a musician I had a baby and a month later he went away for six months. As a woman, you can't have a baby and then go away for six months to work. I mean, you could, you could, but it would be, it would be, there would be a lot of, I mean, you wouldn't, or you might. I'm not, I'm not trying (laughs) to judge anybody. Jesus Christ, have a baby, do what you like. But it's unusual. It's harder. It's not as accepted. It's not as much of the norm. So I think it is interesting for Hannah being in this position because if she wants to have babies and a family, which she talks about doing, it's not immediately compatible with the job that she does. 15, 16, 20 years down the line, maybe. And in fact, there was a stew on Below Deck who was like in her late 30s, mid to late 30s, and she had a baby, not a baby, like she was eight, but she left the, the kid Uh, with her parents to go and do this yachting dream that she'd wanted to do. And I remember at the time thinking, not judging, but like, like she can do what she likes. And I was like, would I do that? Could I leave my eight year old for six weeks or 12 weeks? I think it is to do a season. Um, I mean, I don't get me wrong. I'd love to, 
but I don't know if I could. And and yet if Jimmy was asked to go on tour for 12 weeks, of course, he'd go. It'd be fine. So it, there is a difference. Well, and it's not even just the leaving. I mean, my husband works here, but he works. So I take the kids to school. I pick up the kids from school. My work schedule works around everybody else's. Like I have to make time for everything. And I, that's just the way a partnership has to work when you have other kids. Like it, we're very lucky to where I have a very flexible job. So I can make all that, all the balls, I can make them all work. Um, but you know, I always think about like having two working parents who both have to work full time and not for themselves and be someplace and like how much of a scheduling nightmare. Cause I mean, I feel like my life is a scheduling nightmare, but really I have a lot of flexibility. If a kid is sick, I can still, I can still work and they can, I can be at home with them. And I'm eternally grateful that we've got a scenario where that works, but it always makes me tip my hat to like single parents or, you know, parents that both work full time, just holy shit. Like that's a lot of, it's a lot of balls. But yeah, I mean, I think that's where Hannah's coming from at this point. That's just my personal opinion. Like it's not explained, but I, I'm sort of reading between the lines and that's kind of how I, feel about it um but yeah I mean we've got Jack and Aisha as well and you know obviously it's become very clear knowledge that they split which um which kind of makes me sad but probably not surprised as much as charming as Jack is he is kind of all charm yeah and I mean it ended in kind of a scoundrelly way like he was still dating a girl and like Part of me was thinking about like that other girl, like, holy shit. Like when you watch the show and you see him doing all this stuff for Asia, like, I don't know if we'd still be dating anymore. Like, cause apparently she got quite like hostile towards Asia as well. Like Asia called to like call off the relationship or whatever it was. And like the girl got very mouthy and aggressive with her. I think we read the same article because yeah. <laughs> Aisha was like, the thing is, is like, I don't know if I could watch that season and stay with him being the other girl at home. Like I wouldn't no. if I saw that. And he'd written in blood, will you be my girlfriend? <laughs> I would be like, no, that's not okay. No. And I mean, wouldn't you kind of understand where Aisha was coming from? Like he's been doing this all season. Like I thought we were boyfriend and girlfriend. <laughs> And like, wouldn't you? Yeah. I mean, the girlfriend, I, if I was the girlfriend back home, I'd be like, babe, you and I have both been had. Like, this is not good. We both just need to dump this guy's ass. Yeah. He's not that cute. He's not that charming. No. Um, but yeah, I feel for Asia. And I hope that Jack gets to a point where he goes, I gave up probably the best girl. Because they're such a perfect match. Dude, they really are. I can't believe he's forgone it. I can't believe he's fucked it up. No, what a scoundrel. Jack the scoundrel. Um, um, yeah. Can I also just say that Sandy's parking skills give me fizzy knickers. Oh my gosh, such a turn on the way she handles that massive boat in the dark, I... like throughout everything. That woman can do it fucking all. Oh, I am. Um, I mean, I'm straight-ish. I think we're all on a line. But I genuinely, if I saw her put that boat in that tiny hole, and that's not a euphemism, <laughs> um, I think I would be like, yes, I choose you to give me my next orgasm. I genuinely would. Oh, yeah. Like, it, there's just so, like, I don't know. 
I I have all the love for Captain Sandy. Like I feel that she's been very vulnerable with people vulnerable with people this season, but she's a fucking boss too. Like don't I I would hate for people to like view her vulnerability as a weakness. I think it's a huge strength, but it's also a strength to then turn around and be like, "No, you need to fucking get this done. Watch me back this big ass boat into this tiny slip." Yeah, and and also I think that she recognized that she came down a little bit harshly on Hannah when she took her out was, again, all about the repair. And that's why I love her, because she's a great manager. She's a great people person, and she she recognizes what it, that her job is to help people grow and for her to, like, to stand on her back and go higher. So I think she handles the Hannah situation really well, even when she realizes that she might have fucked up and gone a bit far because obviously Aisha drops the bomb at dinner. She's like, and I, and Aisha is just so badass. And initially, I think she did misstep a little bit with this. And I think it's her first misstep in the whole season. Um, when she goes, and my down, my lowest point was when the interior didn't get the credit that they deserved. I think she made a bit of mistake, but actually it made Sandy realize that maybe she'd gone a little too far with Hannah. Yeah, I think it kind of made Sandy rethink that and maybe made Sandy kind of recheck like, oh, shit, I was probably a little bit harsher than I needed to be to convey like the same message. But then Joao jumps all over Aisha about it, which I thought was so uncalled for. Like, Joao, you've been so brilliant and you, you make a huge asshole misstep on this. Like. Shut the fuck up. I think I wrote something about him being a bit socially inept at that point because it's just, okay, I get you want to be great at your job. I get you're ambitious. I get you want to be a captain. I get you want to kiss Sandy's ass. And and that is what you have to do. You have to be the best person. But read the fucking room. Like it's the last night. It's come from Aisha, who is just such a fucking sweetheart. Just you don't have to say anything. Just, just shush. No, exactly. Like there was no call for you to try to make it a thing. There's enough things happening. You don't need to try (laughs) to make that a thing. But, um, but yeah, then we see like Sandy leave that dinner and, and then kind of have a think. So I think, I think Aisha is totally within her right to say that she is a very sweet girl. She has great relationships with everybody around the table. And I think sometimes it takes, that person stepping up. I think a lot of our lives, we don't see those people step up. So I thought it was really nice to see her kind of voice her opinion, even though then we see like this massive like clip montage of all the great things that Sandy has said about interior. <laughs> yeah. But I think interestingly, I think Sandy says, Oh, Aisha's really forgetful, but I think Aisha's, she's going to bat for Hannah on that. Yeah. And I think Aisha's not stupid by any means. I think Aisha's very comfortable with her, role and she knows she's done a great job but I think she's going to bat for Hannah in that particular position I think that's what Sandy takes away from it because she's so smart and a great person that she gets what's where it's coming from um and then we get back from the night out and Jack and Travis spend the night together oh they are so cute like two little boys building a fort I know like Aisha was kind of there and like you see Travis getting a little like nervous like oh god this girl's gonna crash like our boys night but like then she goes away and it's fine and Little and Colin. she doesn't bitch and moan about it. Like, no. I think I would have been like, you fucking joking. Like, right. It's our last night like, together just, on the boat. I'd like to yeah, get laid. Come, <laughs> come and shag me already. Yeah. Uh, I know. Like, that's why Aisha's a better woman than I am. I'd be like, mm, no. But she's obviously super chill and cool. And he's they just hang out together. And 
lie down under the stars together and I can't help but just think actually maybe that's the real relationship that comes out of this this season yeah no I totally agree I love it when you can see like the little people inside grown-up people and I felt like that scene was like we just saw like the little Travis and the little Jack like hanging out and just being boys which I thought was super sweet and then like everybody starts packing and getting ready to go and little Colin just can't get wait can't wait to get back to his parents He's like out of there. We're never going to see Colin again. And I love him for that. He's like, this isn't my passion. This was fun. I've done a few seasons. I think he's done two, maybe three. Um, And he was like, this boat has been trying to kick me off, but I've stood strong and he's not wrong. I just, there's just, there's nothing bad I can say about him. I wish him nothing, but just a life full of unicorn and rainbows. Yeah. With him driving the ferry at his, in his hometown. Yeah. 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 And then, Ben, who, um, I don't know if I mentioned it, but I'd love to marry one day, (laughs) gives Anastasia a knife. And it's just like reason 2,361,000 why I love him. Because he's a little, there's a touch of the Sandy in that. He's a bit like, here, you can go and do great things with that knife. And I literally, I got, I just gave myself goosebumps and I might even be crying a bit. Um, (laughs) Because he recognizes that she's got talent and passion and the fact that he gives her that knife just made me a bit weepy. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Like, he's just so lovely. Um, apparently, like, he he does a lot of, like, private dinners and whatnot. I was like, I wonder how much it would be mm-hmm. to have him, like, cater a private dinner maybe for our 40th in Greece. We have Chef maybe Ben. maybe just for me by myself. No. I, <laughs> or, or we can each have solo dinners with Ben for our 40th birthday parties. I'm going to say it's probably out of our price range, but, um, but I think we should look into it. Yeah, I definitely think also, we should. Also, I mean, Chef Ben, listen, if you're out there and you want to do us a meal for our 40th in 2021 in our villa in Greece, which we've been saving up for for the last five years, then um, get in touch with us at hey at tvmyhusbandhates.com and we can squeeze you in. Absolutely. There will be a place for you, maybe even a bedroom. Listen, we make a mean margarita. Uh, We'll give you everything and anything that you need. And we have fantastic chat. We know how to drink. Um, Yeah. Yeah. We're, we've got great banter. Yeah. Um, yeah, keep an eye on that e- email inbox, Raven. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so Curtis Travis goes off for a holiday. Colin goes back to his mum. Aisha and Jack walk off into the sunset towards Breakupville. Mm. Um, and Sandy kind of, Sandy kind of figures it out and responds, what am I going to say? I can't even read my notes now. I don't know. I can jump in if you need me to. Yeah, do it. Joel gets to be captain of his own <gasps> ship because Sandy hooked him up with a job and they have like this beautiful, tearful, embraceful goodbye. And I just think it's really cool. I, I We've touched on this a million times, but the way Sandy really wants to bring up new talent and expand her profession is awesome. And she just made it happen for him. And now he's a captain. Yeah, I'm excited to see what happens in the in, in like the next season. Whether Joao's going to come back, whether they're going to use his boat as as a captain, who knows? But um, yeah, I, I think this has been a great season, and I'm really excited for the next one because I just I've enjoyed Sandy so much that I hope that she can come back and kind of 
do something with some new people as well. If Joao's off captaining another ship, it'd be nice to get some new fresh blood in there. Absolutely. Maybe we'll see Travis come back as the bosun. Curtis. No, Travis. I'm joking. <laughs> um, but and next then we saw, week, obviously, oh, go ahead. Well, we saw the trailer for Thailand, didn't we? Yes. And it starts next week. It's so exciting. I mean, I know their job is to make it look really, really exciting, but it really does look really, really exciting. It really does. Maybe maybe Thailand needs to fit into our future fam- family travel plans. But um, yeah, I'm super excited. So what Bravo does over here, and I don't know if they do it in the UK, is <clears throat> I wasn't able to watch all of the old Below Decks, but right before a new season comes out, they release them all on demand. So the season I was missing was season four. So I'm now like straight into season four of Below Deck and like trying to get pumped up for next week. Well, they are all available in the UK. So if you... Um it's via Amazon Prime on Hey You, I think. So I have done them all now. Uh, but this new season of Thailand looks great and I can't wait to get back on it. So I'm excited about talking about that. Will it, it will be next week. Yeah, it'll be next week. So next week's podcast will have no Below Deck Med, but it will have Below Deck Thailand, which will be fantastic. And then on to Real Housewives of Orange County. I feel a little bit like I need to carb load, do some stretching to get ready for this because it is crazy oh my gosh like I'm so torn because like I I'm I'm physically exhausted after I've been watching these episodes <laughs> it's like Me too. It's just a leave Miraval. like everybody needs to have their own space <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter how zen it is it doesn't matter how many meditation bowls there are it doesn't matter how big or small those bowls are you are too much for the Miraval. Leave the Miraval and go back to Orange County. Miraval is going to have to go to their own Miraval to like <laughs> de-stress from this Real Housewife takeover. <laughs> Especially the beekeeping guy. Noel. <laughs> they were all over poor Noel. <laughs> and he's like, I'm just trying to show you how, to, how I do the bees. Like, please don't sexually harass me. While I'm me. laughing like an evil <laughs> Bond villain. What was that all about? Anyway, that was crazy. But um, there was a lot going on in this episode. Yeah, I mean, so like we kind of open up with Emily reporting back to Kelly what Vicky said about Kelly not being allowed in her school and this is in her daughter's school. But this has been really the first time that I think we've seen Tamara really step up to Vicky and be like, did you see this or did somebody tell you this? Because yeah. it's not okay for you to be saying this stuff. Like, you need to stop. Just shut up. Stop talking about yeah. her. Yeah, and I think as much as I think Tamara isn't doing this kind of back and forth out the goodness of her heart to be a diplomat, I do think there's an, there's an addiction to the pot stirring with Tamara, which is what we like to call a reality TV fluffer. Um, I do think she's, she is standing up to Vicky and she is saying, listen, What you get yourself into trouble for is the same thing over and over again. It's repeating these rumors. And I think what was really interesting about the school comment, and I think what eventually broke the kind of tension between the two of them, was that I, for one, sort of took from it that what Kelly was really fucking angry about actually wasn't that her reputation had been sullied or whatever. She can deal with that shit. But that her kid had been severely affected by this. And I think her kid talked about it when they were playing tennis a couple of episodes ago. You know, she got texts about her mum doing cocaine. Like her friends are ribbing her for that stuff. And I and I and I suddenly got why Kelly was being so 
fucking mental because if somebody comes after my kids, then I am going to be mental and I'm going to go for them and I'm going to cut them in their sleep. And I think that's what it was. And I think maybe that's what eventually broke the tension between her and Vicky. Yeah, I I don't know how many times Vicky needs to be told that the issue that the same the issue she has with everybody in every season is about her opening her mouth and saying shit that's not true shit that she doesn't know shit that she hears and like she doesn't understand like she actually does not understand no. You're and right. i don't she has absolutely no idea she genuinely looks at tamra with this look of like but what? Why like, is she doing this? What am this? I doing that's wrong? And then she gets mad with Emily because Emily goes back to tell Kelly about the fact that she's just spread this rumor about not being allowed to school. She's like, but she can't just spread these rumors. And Tamara's like, are you joking? Like, you just did that yeah, 30 like, minutes ago. I, I can't even. Like, I, I have no idea how she doesn't understand this. I have no idea how somebody who does this then watches it back because you know it's happened ages ago and then it comes on tv and then it's all over social media and i was like how the fuck do you not get this like it's not (laughs) emily's fault it's not so-and-so's fault for like telling people what you said it's your fucking fault for fucking saying it if you're gonna be a dick and somebody tells somebody else you're gonna be a dick it's not that person's fault it's your own fault you're the dick simple you're the dick yeah, exactly. But she, I mean, I I still don't hate her. Like I still, because she genuinely has no idea and she looks at Tamara like wide-eyed and with complete disbelief, there's a little bit of me that's just like, she she genuinely doesn't know. Like, yeah. and I still like her a little bit for that. Like, I just like, I can't hate her. That's the thing with Vicky. I can't, I can't hate her. Yeah, I can't. I mean, I, I would agree with you to some level, but I'm just like, how many seasons are we into the show and you've been doing the same shit every single fucking season and every single season somebody tells you like just shut up stop talking <laughs> shit that's all you have to do because actually you're quite fun to be around but you keep talking shit <laughs> like just stop <laughs> I mean at least she's consistent true I mean at least there's that like there's there's something about Vicky where I genuinely she is a hundred percent authentic like yeah. that is her. I mean, I do I question that is her. I question the authenticity with the whole what was the what was the guy's name with cancer? Brooks. Like Brooks and Not that cancer. whole thing. I question the authenticity about whether she knew or whatever. Like I don't know what she did know and what she didn't know, but she is a fucking smart lady. Like I don't I don't think she was in total dark. Like she is you know too what? smart I think for that. It is. I think with that, if you're a middle-aged woman who's vulnerable or like who's gone through a divorce, who's vulnerable, who's wealthy, who's lonely, and you meet a guy who promises you the world and does what tells you that you're the most amazing thing, I think even the smartest women can fall. I'm not saying she didn't know. Whether or not she knew, I don't know. But whether she knew and she just felt that she loved him enough and this love was so magnificent that this was part of it or whatever, I think even the smartest women can be blindsided, can make shitty decisions for men. And I I genuinely think for her, I'm not saying, I'm not excusing it at all because I, we we don't know whether she knew or not. I, and I 
when we're not here to discuss that but I think for her that was the set I think she was lonely insecure this guy told her that she was his everything and she fell for it and she made stupid decisions off the back of it yeah I mean I don't fault her at all for like falling in love with him I mean I think you spoke exactly right to it like she just needed someone to fill her love tank and she thought she had <laughs> um but like Stuff her love tunnel yeah but I feel like I mean she's still even she's still quite defensive about all that. And it's just like, just own up to it. Be like, you know what? Like that was a shitty time in my life. Like, I don't know, just fucking own it. But what I do love is, well, no, what I don't love is I found it really odd that like Kelly then got on the phone and told her daughter everything that was going on. Me too. I was like, dude, she doesn't need the stress of what's going on at your vacation. Like she's your kid. Like you need to protect her from this shit. You don't need to invite her in by then telling her everything that Vicky's doing. Yeah. And I think she's, she's making that. Um, and I'm, you know, it's sort of, I'm making that mistake that I hate that when other people do it, which is that they're, I'm kind of passing judgment on something that I've got no experience of, but I think she's got that kind of young teenager kid. She's a single mom and she's looking at that kid as a friend. And actually that kid doesn't need that. She doesn't need to know the bullshit that's going on between you and your, and your mates, because even by normal standards, it's kind of crazy bullshit. Um, and her, her daughter's obviously been going through something with all these rumors anyway. So the last thing she needs is to be hearing a blow by blow account of what's going on with you in crazy Miraval. Right. And I mean, even if you went home and then just told her, you know what, it was crazy. And then we did this, like, I'm kind of okay with that. Like you don't, I mean, I don't know. Again, I'm passing judgment on somebody's parenting, which is never a great idea, but I just kind of was like, Kelly, like you're all about protecting her. Like that's why you're having this whole fight with Vicky in the first place was that you want to protect Jolie from all this stuff. Don't invite her into it. Like don't burden her with that. Yeah, I 100% agree, especially while you're stark bollock naked in a swimming pool. Um, But and then we've got the whole Emily and Gina situation going on. And I found this really interesting because I think Gina and her, like we always said they were going to come back together. They're good people. I think they were going to figure it out. And I think they have done. But I think what I felt is that Emily felt so rejected by Gina, that's what she says to Gina. And Gina's like, but I didn't reject. I was just hanging. Both of them are right because, of course, Emily just is projecting the rejection she feels from Shane onto what's going on with Gina. Um, and Gina doesn't get it. She's like, I don't understand why you're being so needy and weird and all the rest of it. And I don't even think Emily fully understands it, but it's so clear to see. Absolutely. You're 100% spot on. Like, I, I wrote the exact same thing. Like, they're both correct. However, like you are projecting a little bit like she's not the one rejecting you. Your husband is the one rejecting you. Like put that anger where it belongs. And you're right. Like, I'm sure she didn't realize it at the time. I'm sure she's realized it kind of since. Um, But I mean, I totally understand where Gina's coming from and why she's talking to Tamara and Shannon, because they've gone through the exact same thing. And, you know, Gina's really struggling and trying to figure out how to make it to the other side. And I think when you can see people who are happy on the other side of all their bullshit, especially Shannon this season, like we've seen her shit that's been going on. And to see her still be, you know, like so much better and lost the weight that she wanted to and just feeling really comfortable and confident in herself. That's where Gina wants to get to. So obviously that's why she's getting so much strength from these two women. 
Of course, and you know what? When you have a common, when you have a common theme or a, sh- a shared experience, it makes perfect sense that Gina is finding solace in those two because they can tell her that we've seen it. We've seen them both go through exactly what she's going through. And you know what? Probably next season we'll see Emily join that gang when she leaves Shane. And she's like, oh, I get it now. I get what that was. It's it's camaraderie. It's a shared understanding. And that's exactly what Gina needs. But I don't think they're quite in the position where they fully get it. But I think Emily was very more, much more vulnerable in this episode than she has been with Gina and mm-hmm. said, you know, I felt left out. I felt insecure and all of that stuff, but I don't think she's quite connected the dots yet with Shane. And then there's that weird thing that she gets, that she does with Tamara towards the end where it's like, well, now we're friends. Now we're friends. Now we're going to be friends. so over the fucking top. Like it was obnoxious. I was like, dude, play it fucking cool. Like just be normal. (laughs) What the fuck is going on? Again, it's all part of this whole thing she's got going on with Shane. Yeah. How creepy was it when they were telling Kelly just to smile and nod through the dinner and she did her smile and nod? And I was like, you look like a freaking serial killer. Like, don't ever do that again. No, even she was like, this is not me. No. This is more me. Yeah. But no. I don't understand. But I like. Go ahead. Go on, you go. I said, but I don't understand the whole appeal of making your own drinks and dinner when you're on vacation. And I totally, like, all the girls were nailing it. Like, I do this all the time. Like, why would I do this now? Um, but I, I mean, loved Kelly's I'm lines during it. Kelly's lines were hilarious. Like, the I'm MC Hammered for sure was one of the best. I loved my, it. I think my favorite was Don't Get Peanut Butter and Jealous. <laughs> I did love that one. And, she, you know, she, that's what Kelly's there for. Two sprigs in your shaker. Um, there's all of those. I mean, the, the quotes from Real Housewives of the OC is just, yeah. uh, are just epic. Um, but Kelly is, is great. And that dinner, I think, was really interesting because I feel like, forget like meditation bowls and sweat shacks. They just needed a shit ton of tequila. Yeah, that that's really all that like that needed to happen because that dinner was great. Like Kelly calls Tamara out a little bit for playing both sides, and you know, what did I put here? And then uh, and then Kelly lactates Bronwyn at the table. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Can we just address that for a moment? <laughs> I do you know what? Here's the thing. You never really know how drunk somebody is, but I'm going to hold my hands up and say that if I was breastfeeding and pretty drunk with all my closest friends, there's a fair to middling chance I might show them how I could squirt my boob. I mean, there probably is. I'm going to be honest. But wouldn't you, but you would squirt your, squirt your own boob. You wouldn't have one of your friends milk you at the table. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. If I was drunk and we were having a good time and it was you or Gail next to me um, and she was like, I'm going to see if that works. I I can't tell you without a decent amount of tequila inside me that I would say no. I'm going to be honest. I love Bronwyn so much for this. She's my girl. Yeah, no. To be fair, I also, in my brain, haven't factored in that she has like literally been breastfeeding for like 20 years. <laughs> So by Can then, do your boobs even matter anymore? <laughs> are they even boobs or are they just milk bottles? Hers look really to your nice. Sternum? Hers look really nice for breastfeeding are they that real? long. Are they real? 
Well, I think they are. Well, then she looks phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, maybe not. Maybe they've been lifted. I don't know. But I mean, yeah. she's still I, lactating, so I don't know if they've messed with any of the ducts. I would say I don't think there's implants, but maybe they've been lifted. That that will be my stance. We'll we'll try and find out. And yeah. if you if any of you have the inside skinny on that, then let us know. Um, I'm going to go with implants just because I just can't see how it's possible. She's breastfed seven children and and they are still like 12 year old boobs. But she may just be one of those lucky people. Yeah. And I hope, you know, whatever. But also, if you've had a boob job, have a boob job, knock yourself out. Right. I, no judgment. If I one, I'd probably do the same thing. Um, but yeah, but then Bronwyn also drops the next bombshell. Oh, my goodness. The threesomes for monumental birthdays. Whilst in the hot tub. <laughs> with topless. Tamara. With Tamara, who's naked. Um, two girls who are in swimsuits. Oh my, like it was hilarious. I also noticed her massive tattoo on her back, like the one that goes down her spine, which I had never seen before. On Bronwyn? Yeah. She's oh, got like I didn't see all that. these different tattoos down her back. Yeah. She's so badass. I just got a new tattoo. Can you see I it? I know, that's amazing. Yeah. It's a. Uh, I realize that's not great podcast chat. Um, but yeah, she's so, it's, I'm all about the tattoo. So yeah. I, I love her even more. Yeah, no. And I love how she like quantifies it. Like it's only girls. It's only friends of friends and none of it's for him. It's for me and another girl to show him, but he does not participate with the other girl. Like I like that there are very like strong guidelines for these threesomes, which I'm sure they have at that like sex apartment that they have. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. And they were like, she, do you notice she didn't mention the sex apartment? Right. No, but we all know when that's they were what like, it's but for. Do you do it at home with your kids? She's like, no, no, no. Like hotels. We're like, mm, no, they do no, it. Queen, in the sex you've apartment. got your threesome apartment. Yeah. That's what that's for. Um, all power to her. Yeah. We have I'm, that. I'm, I'm down with that. I think it's interesting though, that some girls are like, so are you, are you, by or and she's like no I'm straight and for some girls Gina was kind of a prude in this whole thing she wouldn't yeah. be in a hot tub with girls that were naked like I was surprised by that and there's this need for her to like put a label on it so are you this are you that and she's like no I'm just like I don't it's fun yeah. and I think that's why I love her there's no there's very little judgment with Bronwyn and I really enjoy that yeah, I do too. I also like the fact that like, then it was brought up that her husband's 45th birthday is coming up. So like, yeah. is that a momentous <laughs> birthday? And then I love how they like in the confessionals, they ask her and she's like, well, out of the housewives. And she was like, obviously it's going to be Tamara. <laughs> she's not wrong. I'd do Tamara too. No, who wouldn't? I mean, her body's amazing. Her body is outrageous. I mean, don't get me wrong. She owns a gym. She's spunked a shit ton of money on surgeries like I get it it's not real and I'm not sat here like lamenting the state of my own body my body is no. fierce but she looks phenomenal for like yeah. what she's over 50 yeah she's over 50 she did that bikini championship a couple seasons ago which she did have to work for like in getting her body into yeah. shape and all that like it's just amazing that woman's got dedication out the ass yeah yeah. And if that's like, if you've got the dedication and time to do it, then, then I have to give her all the credit. I yeah. literally would rather have a burger, but that's fine. But you know what? Like, I, I think, 
I think Tamara does both because like here we also, we have this amazing woman that has this amazing body and she goes to the gym and all that. It's also the same woman that says, if you want to be a trace amigas, there are three rules. One, you have to drink all night. Two, you have to get naked and three, you have to be an asshole. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'm down with all three of those. Yeah. You know, give me enough tequila. Um, and then obviously we have the dinner. Well, we've we've had the dinner where yeah. Kelly and Vicky reconcile. We did. You ran a poll, didn't you? You were you ran a poll on the on what was the result? Uh, nobody thinks it's going to last. I think only eight percent were like, yes, the truth the truce will last, and everybody else is like, no fucking way. I think it was like eighty seven percent said no fucking way. I think it'll last simply because I think Vicky will just piss somebody else off. And she'll be too busy to fight with. I feel like that's done. They'll be friends. And by the while they're being friends, Vicky will just fuck somebody else off. Or Kelly will fuck somebody yeah. else off. And her and Vicky will just be friends throughout that. Part of me feels like it might last. Because I do think, actually, they they really do get on. I, I think the point was made that they are actually very, very similar people. And I think that's yeah. why this feud has gone on for so long it's because neither is willing to back down I also feel like Kelly was finally a little bit vulnerable and explained the reason why she was so hurt that it wasn't about her it's about Jolie and how dare Vicky hurt Jolie and I feel like Vicky kind of got it a little bit I mean she obviously doesn't understand the whole talking shit about people but she does understand that what she said about Kelly on TV affected her daughter and I think that hit home with Vicky a little bit I think that's Vicky's language like I I I don't I don't think she gets the kind of sisterhood but I do think she understands motherhood Mm -hmm. and I think she would go I mean she would fucking lay down her life for her kids and I think as soon as Kelly explained that it was about Jolie that this was a problem for Vicky instantly would crumble and say she was sorry because Vicky gets that she's starting to speak Vicky's language um but yeah, I mean, I, only time will tell. Thank God we've got a whole series to go pretty much. Oh yeah, um, we're so new. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I this this episode, this season is shaping up to be a great one. And as much as I was like, oh, without Vicky, maybe it's not going to be awesome. It's turning out to be just fine. I think we've got just the right amount of Vicky too. Like yeah. I, I'm not, I mean, I feel like there's a lot of, like I'm not super interested in what our kids are doing now that they're not on the show. Like, yeah the grandma stuff, the boyfriend stuff is pseudo interesting, but I think this is actually the perfect role for Vicky. Like she can like pop in, stir some shit up, be a little bit crazy, but we, the viewers don't spend a lot of time on like what she's going through. Um, I think, is it time to move on to real housewives of Dallas? It is. It's time to hop down to Mexico for day three, uh, with super hungover folk from the night before. (laughs) Deandra's face when she wakes up and she literally has to peel her face off the pillow. And she's like, I have never in my life had a hangover like this. Like, I feel for that queen right there. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, girlfriend, like, we've all been there. Don't don't be ashamed. We all know she how that feels. She handles it like a motherfucking badass, though. She gets up. She gets Dude. on with it. She's in a fucking sweat hunt. Te- hunt? What am hut. I looking for? Hut? <laughs> Between tent and hut. She's in a sweat hut. She is back on the tequila. I'm going to be honest. I'm kind of at the age where I'm like, if I've got a hangover, I'm going to say later, I just need to sit down and watch reality TV. But she handles that like a badass. Yeah. I mean, it's also her 50th birthday trip. So I think if you were on a trip 
with a bunch of girlfriends, you'd be like, you know what? Let's do a shot. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's just keep going. Just keep fueling that tank. Yeah. I, I will. That's I will be hating life for a week when I get home, but I'm going to like, I'm going to rally. So yeah, but we, we left last week. We left last week a little disappointed with Cameron and the way that she handled the brandy thing. And, uh, and we kind of kicked off with the chat on the beach. What, what did you reckon about that? So when we like first started, like when this episode first started, I got really annoyed at Cameron still playing like the victim. I don't understand what the difference is between yelling fuck you and you calling someone a bitch. Like, I think that's equally as bad. I don't understand Cameron's hang up about the fuck you and acting like she did not do anything wrong. Like, stop. Isn't that like the Southern girl in her that like, isn't that her just trying to play this like Southern belle, sweet as light, always perfectly. And I'm, I mean, I'm sat here saying this to a woman from Texas, so I'm not (laughs) trying to be like, (laughs) I'm not trying to be a dick, but there is that element with like a generation of certain Southern women that I think Cam's trying to live up to, which is we don't curse. We always look on point. We, you know, we're offended. We have like delicate sensibilities. I totally get that. And I, th- I think you're right. And I think she could have played it off had she not called Brandy a bitch, but she called Brandy a or bitch. Tra- yeah. And yeah, I was like, did. you don't have a leg to stand on in this. If you had just thrown your napkin and walked off, then maybe you could like uphold this. I was so offended by the fuck you, but you weren't, you called her a bitch. Like just fucking own it. Like I just, I at, like at the beginning of the episode, I was just, I was kind of over Cameron. Like I'm done with you being the victim in this situation because you weren't, you fucking did wrong too. And you need to be a grown up. Yeah. And I think as well, like she still struggles. I think, I think she, like we didn't actually hear, this is what I found into. We didn't actually hear Cameron say, I'm really sorry, but we did hear her say, I hope you accept my apology. And Brandy did. But I think that Cameron, I've said it before. I'm going to say again, Cameron's not smart. Like she's sweet and she's kind and there's, she's hilariously funny, but she's not the brightest spark in the box. That's not the right. But you know what I mean? But she's still not getting the fact that it isn't that she called her trash and she's, it's, she doesn't understand that it's triggering a lot of stuff. She could call somebody else trash and it wouldn't matter, but she just doesn't get that for Brandy it's a thing and she needs to understand it's a thing. And if she's going to use that word, then she needs to know that it's done with intent. Yeah, I mean, it's the same as the fuck you is to Cameron, right? And like Cameron does not understand it until Brandy really gets vulnerable with her. And I was super proud of Brandy because this is kind of a side of Brandy we haven't seen a lot in this kind of franchise. We've never really seen this vulnerable side of Brandy. And I really appreciated the fact that she did that and she did it with Cameron. And I think that made Cameron understand that like, Brandy's not just being a dick about being trash. Like you saying that hurts her to her core and takes her to a really dark place. And you just need to stop saying that. You just need to remember you can't say that to her. Um, And then while all of this is going on, obviously we've got Leanne like still trying to make it all about her. Jesus Christ, woman. Like 
I, I don't understand. I don't understand Leanne's thought process in the beginning of this that like, I, I understand a little bit that like she was upset that they were going to go have a side talk. Like she wanted to have with Carrie that Deand- drunk ass Deandra wouldn't let her have, but drunk ass Deandra is not a part of this. She was really the only one that forced them to talk at the table. Brandy just wants to have a moment with Cameron. Like it was like five minutes. You can't sit and yeah. finish your drink for five minutes and be alone. And I think like, that's where we really see, I think a Leanne has to be included in the drama. It's just this deep need in her, but I also think it's a deep need in her not to be left alone, which she like explains, you know, again, like that she was abandoned by her mother. She doesn't like to be alone, but again, you don't say that in a vulnerable way. You just get pissed off and throw a tantrum. And also Carrie brings up a really good point. Cause she brings that up late saying, I just don't like to be alone. Carrie's like, but you had a chance to share a room with me and you chose to share a room on your own. So it just doesn't make any sense. And I think for Leanne, it's always about the attention, whether, and, and Deandra calls it, Brandy calls it. I do, exa- I think she says like, well, I did exactly what I do with my kids. I just ignore them. And that's emotionally where Leanne is. No doubt yeah. through real neglect and real abuse and real shitty experiences, But that's where she is. She's emotionally stunted in that kind of, the only way I can deal with this is by just getting attention in any way I can. Negative, positive, it doesn't fucking matter. Just give me the attention. Yeah. I still don't understand why she didn't go in the sweat hut and why she assumed that the isolation of the chat, even after everybody was back, meant she couldn't go in the sweat hut. It's just like, you're not making any sense. Um, No, I I think she's off the reservation at this point. Like, she's crazy and you know even when she calls out we're kind of jumping around a little bit sorry but even when she calls out Deandra at the table at dinner saying well you know we're talking all about your 50th but nobody's talking about my birthday Deandra's like you haven't fucking invited me uh, sorry we're not talking about my wedding Deandra's like you haven't fucking invited me to your wedding like and the whole what, point of this fucking of trip, this trip is a 50th birthday trip. Like, that's the point. Yeah. You knew what you were getting into. Like, stop being all crazy. I think, like, I wrote that I think Leanne needs to have, like, a best friend. Like, she needs to have yeah. someone who is only hers. And when it stopped being Deandra, it was a big issue. And now that she sees Cameron and Brandy kind of patching up and starting to like move forward. She gets very intimidated by that. Like she's not going to have a person and she freaks out. I wrote exactly the same thing. And I think Leanne's not great in a group. She needs one person because she likes to be able to control the environment, the conversation, uh, her, the perception of her. And I think in a group, she can't do that. She's not great in a group. And I think you're absolutely right. She feels she had Cameron all to herself. When Deandra's gone, she found Cameron. Mm-hmm. And I and she, it's exactly what you say. She felt threatened by Brandy trying to take that away. And actually, obviously she's not, but it's a sign of the insecurity and the damage that I think Leanne suffers from that this is such a problem for, for her. Yeah, I totally agree. And I wish, I wish she could just, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure... She knows this about herself. Maybe she doesn't. But like my hope for her is that she can voice that and may, and let people understand versus kind of verbally attacking them with her past and not processing any of it. I think that's the big difference that we see between Stephanie and Leanne. Like Stephanie processes her feelings and actively tries to do something different. Whereas I yeah. feel like Leanne is just stuck in a sinkhole of like, yeah 
her crazy childhood. And it is not like she and Brandy get in that fight later on. And she's just still going over this stuff. And I think that's what Brandy was trying to like, get out. Like you need to learn and move on. Like I learned that this is a trigger word for me. I was able to talk about it in a compassionate, normal way. And someone understood that. And therefore we could both move on. Like you need to move on. And I just, I don't know. No, I 100% think you're absolutely right. She cannot move on. She's not impact. She she hasn't got the tools to separate kind of the fantasy from the reality. And I think she's stuck in this fantasy of I am always living this abuse. I'm always living this abandonment. This is going to be me. Nobody likes me. Nobody understands. And actually the reality is that it, it that if she gave in a little bit and if she accepted and and owned some of the stuff that actually a load of people would be on her side and would be there to help her out. And be vulnerable about it. I mean, I yeah. think that's the key. Like, she's so hard about it. Like, this is what happened. This is da-da-da. This is da-da-da. And it's just like, I feel really sad and abandoned. I feel very lonely. It's it's letting people see the effects versus pelting them in the face with the effects. She's a little like Miss Dorothy in Potomac. She's like, who's never let go of that. Uh, betrayal that affair that her husband had and she's thro- she's lashing out at everybody else it's the same thing she's never let go of the abuse she's never let go of being neglected or abandoned um and she's just lashing out and you know and she's not young like well i'm mean, not saying she's old but she's she's the older you get the harder it is to unlearn shit and she needs to unlearn a lot of shit um and i hope that she can but I mean, you just see her rewriting history when she's recounting the conversation that happened with Brandy, her and Cameron to the girls when they come out of the sweat lodge. It, it, I mean, it's just so, it, it's just lie. None, I mean, it's None of us were in that same, yeah, none of us were in that same conversation that Leanne had going on in her head. Yeah. And, and I can't hate her for it because it's clearly coming from a very deep, deep, dark place. But I do hope that she can get to a point where she can look at what's going on with some distance. And that's going to have to be with a therapist on a very regular basis. Um, but, yeah, I mean, obviously, we've still got more to talk about, but we saw a trailer for her Hindu. And there seems this is like there's a there's a lot for her to lash out on on the next few weeks. Yeah. And I I mean, I also feel like, again, I don't I don't want to like trash Leanne for all of this stuff. Like, obviously, like we all know, like she is dealing with a lot of heavy shit. I also think like the marriage like that is bringing up a lot of this stuff. I know personally it did for me when I was getting married. It brought up a lot of issues about my parents divorce and, you know, not that things were that dark, but it brought up a lot of those feelings that I thought had gone away a long time ago. And I think any major life change does that. It makes you remember everything that you've gone through and what you need to be carrying with you. And I just hope she doesn't carry this into her marriage with rich because you know, this is the first time she's getting married and she's over 50. Yeah. And I mean, even if you're completely grounded and normal and all the rest of it, a wedding is huge. Anyway, there's a lot of pressure on you and and it is her first time. We've all been through a marriage. It is exhausting and it is, you know, it is hard work emotionally. So there's a lot going on for Leanne, but I think we're, I feel like we're starting to see her crack a little bit and that she's starting to get a bit erratic and a, like lose her mind a little bit. And I really hope that it doesn't all implode. 
Yeah. So, I mean, I guess that kind of brings up, we did talk a lot about like what happened at the last dinner, but um, I think what we see, like going back to the Brandy and Cameron thing, like we see them kind of get together. They pull the prank on everybody, which is like, you know, that's, that's Brandy's (laughs) love language. Uh, Even if it was a bit of a mild prank, it's Brandy's love language and Cameron like did it with her. And I think that was really great for their relationship. I would be pissed if that happened to me while I was trying to get ready, (laughs) especially a little bit drunk. I don't think I would have taken it as well as uh, Leanne and Carrie did. I don't know. I think you might take it slightly better. I think I'm, listen, here's the thing. I'm probably going to try it because I really loved the prank. (laughs) I'm probably going to try it one day when we're together. I'm probably going to load you up on tequila beforehand. And I think you're going to see the funny side. Oh, I mean, I think if I'm not like trying to rush out the door and be all ready, I think I'll be totally fine. Like if we are obviously, I'm gonna fe- I'm gonna film it for social media. Yeah, I'm, so I'm you up can't for that. be too much of a dick. No, not at all. But I do, I do love what um, Leanne says. Like I think they like they're taking shots before the prank, and she's just like a shot is like a blowjob. Like why would I swallow it really fast when I don't want to taste any of it at all? <laughs> I mean, she's not wrong. Not at all. She's not wrong. Um, what was I going to move on to? I saw. So, oh, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, Stephanie because obviously she's really struggling in this, on this whole trip in general, and she's doing that thing where she's just putting a brave face on it all. And I really, I, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I love what she's doing for exposing depression. Um, and shining a light on it with this episode because it's really easy to think if you've not been through depression, you've not experienced it, that depression is kind of not being able to get out of bed, not being able to get dressed, not being able to shower, just being this like slovenly, dirty, inept human being. And actually that's not depression at all. And in fact, I have a, a friend who I work with on Instagram who has a hashtag, which is depression wears lippy. And it is that thing you still get up and do your sh- your shit because you've got kids, you've got a job, you've got responsibilities. You'll have to put your makeup on. You might look great and put together. That doesn't mean that you are not seriously mentally struggling. And I think what Stephanie is doing to shine a light on that is huge. Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree. Like, and I think I just, what did I write it down? Sorry. Um, it just broke my heart when she was like in the hut and she was just like, I just want to be happy with myself. And like, it, it, it's so sad. And I think she's definitely making strides to get there. And, you know, but I think you're absolutely right. She's showing what depression actually looks like depression. People who are depressed can still go on trips and they can still do all these things. Like it's not like it is on TV or anything like that. I, I like when I see people using their platforms for positive yeah, things. Definitely. I also thought it was brave for Carrie to kind of open up and say like she wishes she had better relationships with her kids and like that was something that she was trying to move forward with. Um cuz I think that's really hard for women. I mean, I'll speak for myself as a mother. I think it's really hard to admit when like maybe you've done some misstepping. Um especially on national TV, especially in front of, you know, everybody. Um but I really applaud her for that and I think she explains that like she and her ex had a divorce and they had 50% custody, so maybe she wasn't there all the time, but that that's something she'd really like to move forward with. I agree and I and I wrote the I wrote down exactly the same thing as well. And and she talked about how she struggled to connect with them. And I think that was something that I really connected with because you know, with my first, I went through like bad postnatal depression and that really affected my ability to bond with her. And that's always 
makes you feel like a shit mum because you're you're sort of sold this idea that motherhood is an innate talent that you'll just have um and that you'll never feel love like you do for a kid and actually there are times when you don't feel that love for various reasons because you've either got postnatal depression or because you're only with them 50% of the time and you don't have the chance um and I and I'm with you I really loved that she talked about that and I don't think there's been another housewife actually in any of the franchises ever that has said I'm struggling with the relationship with my kids you know I don't have a great connection with them um and I think that's really, really hard to say. So I I was with you. I noted that down as well and was like, that's I applaud that as well. Is that it? Have we done it? Yeah, I think up until uh Yeah, I loved that um at that last dinner, Carrie gives uh Deandra this like beautiful pearl necklace and both Leanne and Brandy's like first thought are their anal beads. And I love yeah, how like 100%. Leanne is like, anal beads, we do have something in common. And it's like, I actually see Leanne and Brandy have the ability to be pretty good friends, but I think Leanne just has a lot to deal with about herself and how she comes across like that chat by the beach. Like she was horrible to Brandy. Like Brandy's in tears. Yeah. Yeah. And again, she was, she not was- something we see. She's gaslighting Brandy again. Like she, it's and Brandy says it, she has this ability to make you feel like you are the crazy one and that you are talking rubbish. And she's like, and then you walk away and you're like, hang on a minute, no. And that's the exact definition of gaslighting. And that is, that's Leanne's defense. She's yeah. just like, no, I'm going to make you feel like you're the crazy one. Um, and Brandy and her, I think are equally damaged, but Brandy's further down the line of recovery. And I think it's, you know, it's, it's going to be a little while until Leanne catches up with her, uh, But obviously the next, we're going to move into kind of Leanne's hen party and her wedding and all of that. And it could go one of two ways. It could either be that she's brilliant because she's the center of attention and obviously nobody's going to challenge her. Or it could be that she, the whole fucking thing comes crumbling down. Um, I don't know. I I don't know which way it's going to go, but I'm pretty excited. Yeah, I'm definitely here for the ride. Um, And I think it'll be fun. hang on. Go ahead. I was going to say, do you, do you think we can leave without talking about the pube sisters? Oh my God, no. <laughs> First of all, I don't know why everybody's, I don't know why everybody's so offended by pubes. Like I know that, I know that the trend is to like wax that shit off. But frankly, here, here's my thing about waxing your pubes. And, and I'm sorry if I'm going to offend anybody, but I think you've got to leave a little something there. Yeah, I mean, I think you can go too bare and it crosses a line of being like, well, why do people like that? That's pretty juvenile. Like, don't you want to be with a woman, not a little child? Um, But I'm okay talking about it. Not like Cameron, who made a big fucking deal about like not hearing about people's pubes. But that was Carrie, though. Oh, well, no, it was Carrie at the table, but then Cameron kept going on and on about not wanting to hear about people's pubes. But yeah, no, you're right, because I think Brandy was like, well, take off your pants. Let's see. (laughs) And she was like, no, no. I would have been like, I'm kind of interested. I want to know how many pubes is a lot of pubes in their world. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think about like when this is recorded. Like, is it wintertime? So they're not expecting to be in bathing suits. I think before a trip, 
um, I'd get my bikini line waxed. Like, are they talking about pubes on a bikini line? Are they talking about them hanging out of the bottom? Like, I need more information on the pubes. Let me tell you this. They're not talking about anything other than literally just having some pubes because Deandra says, I basically just have a landing strip, which I have recently been reintroduced to the world of waxing since (laughs) having my kids. Before I had my kids, I just waxed my bikini line and that was it. I have now been reintroduced. I've literally just let somebody else go back down there for the first time since I've had my kids, essentially. And now this, I'm going to give you an overshare warning. Um, Now I too have a landing strip, but that does mean that everything is gone from underneath. So I genuinely, and, and from what my waxer says, it's kind of the done thing right now. Like if you're being waxed, most people take everything off except like a little strip. And actually, most people take everything off. Wow. That's the thing. Most people are taking everything off right now. Yeah, I, I'm not down with that. I've also not gotten back into a waxing routine since having my children seven, almost seven years ago now. So, I mean, that's fine. I did yeah. say I'm back. I was back into it. I missed it. And now I, and now it's like there's nothing going on down there. But um but yeah, so I think that they are like the fact that there are any pubes, I think they're like, ooh, well, that's fancy. Um, but yeah, I, I'd be interested to know what a lot of pubes looks like to these girls. Yeah, yeah. Well, especially when you're talking about two women who are 50 plus, too. I know. It's like, leave I their know. bits but alone. Also, but they don't have any kids, so they've got time to worry about their bikini line. There is that. That's true. That's true. But then, There's but they're no, being like, called out for not when all the other women do have kids, but they're apparently up on their waxing as well. I know it's a who lot. Knows? We need to know. We need who knows. Really, we need more information on, on the pubes what situation. What goes on Real Housewives down under? Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, three three shows this week. Super yeah. quick and easy. But as ever, we've obviously managed to string it out. So. I hope you enjoyed whatever it was that you were doing while you were listening to us. <laughs> We've enjoyed chatting for you. It's always a pleasure. And we will be back next week as ever with some new shows. Uh, we'll just be adding Below Deck Bravo and Kardashian, uh, Below Deck Thailand and Kardashians to the list. Um, and Reagan, why don't you tell us, tell them where you, they can find us on social? Well, in addition to finding us uh, on Facebook and Instagram at TV My Husband Hates. We've also got the group, so you can secretly join there and talk all amounts of shit that you want to about whatever you're watching. Um, you can find us at Twitter at TV Husbands Hate. Um, you can also catch our mini episode of The Real Housewives of Potomac that Kat mentioned earlier. Uh, we'll be dropping that at the same time, so you'll get two episodes this week, which is always exciting. Um, and you can old school email us at hey at tvmyhusbandhates.com if you want to give us some feedback explain to us the pubes situation um, whatever you fancy we'd love to hear from you so until then we will see you next week in the meantime enjoy watching all your reality TV and we'll see you on the other side bye 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 please subscribe rate and review TV My Husband Hates wherever you listen to your podcasts you can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at TV My Husband Hates and join the Facebook group to keep the conversation going when the podcast ends if Twitter's your thing you'll find us at TV Husbands Hate theme music and production for TV My Husband Hates by Jimmy Sims.